the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If there are certain things or certain people, certain relationships that always stumble you into sin, remove those things from your life. Don't be like the Israelites and keep putting them in front of you and keep putting that temptation in front of yourselves. The Israelites were setting before themselves the things that caused them to stumble into iniquity, and so they kept stumbling into iniquity. If there's one thing we know about the Israelites, it's that they had a problem with temptation, and that temptation led to sin. In today's message, Pastor Dan will emphasize the importance of casting aside the things that lead to destruction. Are there certain things or relationships in your life that cause you to stumble and sin? If there are, remove those things. Don't keep putting those temptations in front of you like the Israelites. That only causes separation from the one who loves you most. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 14, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. idol is anything or anyone that receives our admiration and devotion more than God. An idol is anything or anyone that receives our admiration and devotion more than God. You remember the first commandment in the book of Exodus chapter 20, the very first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. It's literally you should have no other gods in my sight. God says, I don't even want to see any other gods in your life. He doesn't want our devotion divided. He doesn't want our hearts divided. God wants to be preeminent in all things. Preeminent in all things in our lives. You know, in the Gospels, the strongest words Jesus spoke were against the hypocrisy of the religious leaders in his day. He said to the religious leaders, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. Outwardly, they looked clean. Outwardly, they looked right. Outwardly, they looked righteous, but inwardly, they were full of uncleanness and corruption and sin. And we can be guilty of hypocrisy. We can be guilty of hypocrisy. We can look clean on the outside, but be full of uncleanness on the inside. And God sees 
what's on the inside. He sees that inward uncleanness. He sees that hidden sin that no one else sees. It's not hidden from him. He's not fooled by a facade that we can put up. So the elders here, they're the elders. They're outwardly clean, but inwardly they have idols in their hearts. And look at verse 3 again. Not only do they have idols that they have set up in their hearts, these high places, but they look at verse 3. They put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. They kept putting before themselves things that caused them to stumble into sin. You know that there are certain things that will cause you to stumble into sin. We all have things that will cause us to stumble into sin. Every time. Man, every time that's before you, you go down. And just to give you kind of a, maybe a lighthearted example, it's not really sin, uh, but for me, I love chocolate chip cookies. Right? Anytime there's chocolate chip cookies around, I eat them until I get sick, beyond the point of enjoying them. If my wife or kids are baking chocolate chip cookies, I will eat cookie dough until I get sick and then eat the cookies after they come out of the oven to make myself sicker than I already was. Anytime they're put before me, I'm going to eat them. Yeah, I just can't, you know, anytime it's put before me. That's, so because of that, I don't want them in our house all the time because I don't have any self-control when they're around. But I'm not intentionally going, I'm not going out and buying cookies. I'm not intentional about it. But if they're there, I'm going to eat them. And there are certain things that just cause us to stumble. That if they're put before you, maybe you're not seeking it out, you're not going out and looking for it, but if it's before you, you're going to trip over it. And that's what the elders of Israel, those that were in Babylon, they're putting these things before themselves, these things which cause them to stumble into Iniquity. If there are certain things or certain people, certain relationships that always stumble you into sin, remove those things from your life. Don't be like the Israelites and keep putting them in front of you and keep putting that temptation in front of yourselves. The Israelites were setting before themselves the things that caused them to stumble into iniquity. And so... They kept stumbling into iniquity. Don't put those things before you. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we're exhorted to throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. There are some sins that easily entangle us. There are some sins that easily trip us up. And you can probably think of what those sins are. You probably don't even have to think about it. You, you know. You know the things that will trip you up every time. And we're to throw off those things. If we keep putting those opportunities before us, we'll just keep stumbling into that sin. Romans thirteen fourteen says, make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Stop providing the opportunity for the flesh. 
cut off the opportunity. The elders of Israel, instead of cutting off the opportunity, they kept creating the opportunity. They kept making provision for the flesh. They kept putting these things in their path that they stumbled over and stumbled into iniquity. And here's why it's important. Because our iniquity affects our closeness with God. Our iniquity affects our closeness with God. Look at the end of verse 3. At the end of verse 3, the Lord says, Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? They're coming to Ezekiel to ask Ezekiel to inquire of the Lord on their behalf. But God knows they've got idols in their hearts. God knows they keep putting these things before themselves that just stumble them into iniquity. And God says, should I even let them inquire of me? Should I even let them pray to me? I mean, I know what they've got going on in their heart. Is this even right? You know, in Psalm 66, it says, if I cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not listen. It's not that he can't listen. Or he's unable to listen. He chooses not to listen. If I cherish iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not listen. And so it affects our closeness with God. It affects our relationship with God. And our love for God should compel us to remove the idols out of our hearts. And our love for God should compel us to remove those things that always stumble us into iniquity. We shouldn't want anything in our lives that grieve the heart of God and negatively impact our relationship with them. Now look at verse 4. Therefore, the Lord is speaking to Ezekiel here. Therefore, speak to them and say to them, thus says the Lord God, every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, and then comes to the prophet, I, the Lord, will answer him who comes according to the multitude of his idols, that, here's why, I may seize the house of Israel by the neck. It doesn't say the neck, does it? I'm going to wring your neck. That's not what God says. He says that I may seize the house of Israel by their heart. Because they are all estranged from me by their idols. God says, I'm going to answer them. They're inquiring of me, even though they've got these idols and these things that are stumbling them into sin. God says, I'm going to answer them. But he says, I'm going to answer them according to the multitude of their idols. In other words, God says, I'm going to deal with their idolatry. You know, it's like, you know, they might be asking the Lord about something and the Lord, you know, ignores their question and says, let's talk about your idolatry instead. Since you're here. I'm going to bring up their idolatry and I'm going to address their idolatry and deal with them about their idolatry. And God says that I may seize the house of Israel by the heart. What a statement. That God makes here. God wants their heart. He wants their heart. And God will use. Listen. God will use. The Babylonian conquest. 
and the Babylonian captivity so that he may seize their heart. He's going after their heart. And he's going to use their destruction to grab hold of their heart. Isaiah the prophet said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. God wants their heart, not their words, not lip service. He doesn't want them just to say the right things, but God wants their heart. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. You know, a prayer that Jewish people prayed every day, once in the morning, once in the evening. Uh, Many devout Jews still pray it today, twice daily, once in the morning, once in the evening. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's called the Shema. You're probably familiar with that, most of you. The Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. And this is a prayer that they prayed every day, in the morning at the beginning of the day, in the evening, at the end of the day, before they went to bed from Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. They prayed that twice daily. And many Jews, like I said, still pray that twice daily today. Jesus said that's the greatest commandment of all the commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And for the Jews, it was more than just a prayer. It was a creed. It was a declaration for the Jewish people. Twice daily, they were proclaiming their love for God, that they loved God with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their might. But it was just words. It was just words. It was their creed, but it wasn't their deeds, right? They said those words, love God with all of our heart. But they didn't really love God with all their heart. It was lip service. And so God intends to capture their hearts again. And he's going to use the Babylonians. And he's going to use this conquest. And he's going to use the captivity to grab their hearts. You know, God wants our heart too. He doesn't want necessarily, you know, he doesn't want our actions. He doesn't want our words. He wants our heart. He's going after the heart. And God will use circumstances in our lives to capture our hearts. And sometimes God has to use difficult circumstances to grab hold of our hearts because that's what it takes to get through to us sometimes. Because just like the children of Israel, we can be hard hearted and we can be stiff necked and we can be stubborn 
And we can be self-willed. And we can ignore God. And so sometimes God has to use difficult circumstances to grab hold of our heart. He's got to use difficulties to humble us. Look what he says again in verse 5. Look at verse 5 again. At the end of the verse, he says, They are all estranged from me by their idols. This was Israel's spiritual condition. Israel was estranged from their God. That's a heartbreaking statement. Think about if you have an old friend that you run into and you ask them about their marriage and to have that person say, well, we're estranged. Oh, wow, I didn't I didn't know. And here God says of Israel, who is described in the Bible as the wife of God. Metaphorically, they're estranged from me. They're estranged. They're estranged from God by their sin. They're no longer close to God because of their sin. This is what happens. This is what happens when we do not give Jesus Christ the place of preeminence in our lives and follow him wholly with all of our heart. We can become estranged from God. We can drift away. We can distance from him and become estranged in our relationship with us. And God doesn't want to be estranged from us. And he doesn't want us estranged from him. This is why he sent Jesus Christ into the world to die on the cross for our sins so that Jesus could reconcile us back together with God. But Israel's estranged. You know, a lot of the imagery that the Lord is using in chapter 14 is imagery from marriage. You've got this unfaithful wife here who's got idols set up in her heart. She loves other gods. Verse 3, God says, should I let myself be inquired at all? In marriage terms, this would be God saying, you want me to just act like nothing's going on? You've got this other God in your life? And you want me to just act like everything's normal and you can just come to me and pray and I'll answer your prayer? And he uses this word estranged. She's estranged from me. Verse 6, therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent. Turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. God tells Ezekiel to tell the elders to repent of their sins. To repent of their idolatry. You know, it's interesting, I did a little word study on the word repent in the Bible. And throughout the Bible, listen to this, throughout the Bible, repentance is most often God's message to his own people. When we hear the word repent or repentance, we think that's a message for non-believers. Non-believers need to repent. And that's true, they do need to repent. But as you go through the scriptures, you find In fact, every time God called someone to repent in the Old Testament and the Gospels, he's calling believers to repent. He's calling his own people. It's not until you get to the book of Acts that you see a non-believer called to repentance. And of course, God, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. God does desire for all people to repent of their sins and turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. But most often in the scriptures, believers are called to repent and turn back to God. 
Verse 6 gives us a good description of repentance. Repentance is simply turning away from your sin. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, repent, turn away from your idols and turn your faces away from all your abominations. In other words, turn your back on all your abominations. Turn your back on your sin. For anyone of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell in Israel, who separates himself from me and sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him what causes him to stumble into iniquity, then comes to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me. I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. I will set my face against that man. And I will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Do you think God's offended when we have idols set up in our hearts? Think he's okay with that? No, he's not. When we choose to just keep sin in our hearts, keep these things in our life, and then still try to you know, come before the Lord Act like everything's okay, everything's normal, I'm, you know, I'm still a Christian, and, and I'm still following you. And we just pretend like there's nothing else going on in our lives, you know, that is inappropriate. We actually, he tells us here, we separate ourselves from God. Estranged, separated. God doesn't separate from us. We're the ones who move away from him. And the good news is we can always turn away from our sin and turn back to God and come back to God. Now, God has some pretty strong words against the person who does this, who has sin just in their life, unrepentant sin, idolatry in their heart, but still kind of comes before the Lord and acts like there's nothing wrong. He's got some pretty strong words for that double hearted person who has, you know, this idol set up in their heart and still comes and inquires of the Lord, God says, I'm going to set my face against that person. I'm against them. And he says, he makes that person a sign and a proverb. He makes that person someone that others can point to as an example of what happens to a person who's got idols set up in their hearts that they don't repent of, who acts hypocritically towards God and acts as if they're like a normal good Christian or whatever. When you have these, you know, outward devotion to God, but inwardly you have this secret sin in your heart. God says, I'm going to make them a proverb. I'm going to make them a sign that other people can look at and say, well, you know what happened to him when he did that. And we all know people. You know people, I know people, if you don't know them personally, there certainly have been plenty of public people that have fallen and been exposed by their sin. We all know of people who have lived a, you know, a double life, so to speak, who tried to appear uh, as godly, devout Christians, but ended up having some kind of hidden sin, and it came out... And their lives were destroyed by their sin. In some cases, they lost their family, they lost their career, they lost their reputation, all of it. They just disappear, right? They just, they're gone. You don't even know where they are now. Can't even find them. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.